brand new episode of 100 Steps Drag Baby. Listen, I'm glad I'm not a songwriter because that was horrible, but it's a brand new episode of 100 Steps to Drag and it's so special because guess what, bitch? It's our one year anniversary. Oh, can you believe we've been doing this for one year? It's insane. It's so crazy. Thank you. I'm going to get emotional. I just know it. I'm a cancer, so I'm a water sign and I'm emotionally unstable, so you already know. Thank you all so much for your support. <laughs> and if you're just listening now, thank you so much again. But there's so much more. There's so many more guests. There's so many more stories. So many more tips. So please buckle the fuck up because honestly, we're just getting started. I love this project and I see so many great things on the future. And speaking of great things, my guest today, it's absolutely amazing. We've known each other since I started doing drag. I adore this human being. They are so great at drag, at makeup, at embracing their culture. They do acrobatics, aerial, fire eating. Can you believe it? Just a well-rounded entertainer. Please welcome to 100 Steps to Drag, Electra Young. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you. I mean, it's an introduction fitting for a queen like yourself. What are you talking about? Well, thank you so much for having me, especially on like such a huge episode, your one year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. I didn't realize that this episode, it's a one year. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's been a journey. And I'm so happy it's someone that I call like a, not only a colleague, but a friend. Yeah, thank you. I'm so honored, but I'm like also just like, I'm so in awe of like watching you build like not just like this podcast, but like your TikTok and everything that you've been working so hard for the past like couple years. Like it's so amazing to watch. And like, I'm so, I'm so proud of you and so happy for you. Thank you. In the words of Shangela, I built myself from the ground up, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Throws drink. Throws drink. Oh my gosh. Electra, how are you doing in this lovely evening today? You know, I'm doing like quite amazing right now, actually. You know, it's been an up and down year, but I am just over the moon today. So I'm I'm just hoping we can keep going higher. We will be get higher and higher to rest me because I like to start my pod with a little icebreaker moment to just get to know my guest a little bit more. I mean, I know you pretty well, but you know what? You can never stop knowing somebody. So Electra, imagine it's like a like a Friday night and you had a gig and you killed it. Everything went perfect. You made a bunch of money. You've been made a, lot, a bunch of new friends. You're driving home. What is that fast food stop that you're going to make before you get home? And what are you ordering? Okay, I think for me, I have to stick with tradition. It's always Del Taco for me. I love me some Del Taco. It doesn't always love me, but I love it. And I usually just get three Del Soft tacos, a large fry, sometimes extra fries if it's a really good night. And then biggest Dr. Pepper I can get my hands on. You're like, I love Del Taco. My IBS doesn't always love Del Taco, but hey. <laughs> For real though. <laughs> I get it though. Cause in my case, to me it's Jack in the Box. Well, if if like the taco place that is like in the corner of my house is already closed, it's gonna be Jack in the Box. Mm. And I usually get the munchie meals. And I'm really upset, Jack in the Box, if you are listening to this. I'm really upset that you changed the munchie meals. Like it used to be like five bucks and it was like already built up for you. Perfect. Now you have to build it yourself. It's too much work for me to do at two in the morning and like it's almost ten dollars. 
dollars. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh man, yeah, that's too much work and too much money. Yeah, I'm like, mm, no. So I'm thinking of like considering other options, but for now, it's still Jack in the Box, a munchy meal with maybe like an ultimate cheeseburger, two tacos, and curly fries, <laughs> and a diet coke, of course. That is a good Jack in the Box is great. I personally think Jack in the Box has the best chicken nuggets like out of anybody. They're really well. Have you had Wendy's though? I have had Wendy's. I still think Jack in the Box is better. Really? There's something about them that's just like it's they're almost spiced better. And I I don't know, maybe it's the dark meat. I I, I feel like Jack in Box is a dark meat kind of girl, you know? I like that. You know what? I'm after the pot, I'm gonna go to Wendy's and Jack in the Box, and then I'll I'll be I'll do a TikTok. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna wait for a Thursday because I have a gig on Thursday, so I'll do it after the gig. That's gonna be better. Yes, I love it. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Rewinding into the her story, I wanna get to learn more about Electra. How did she start? I was talking your Instagram and I saw some pictures that were very fam. I was like, who is this a woman? Who is this woman that is ready to go to the mall? Who's ready to meet her boyfriend? So how do we go from Electra into the artist that you are today? Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I started a drag, I think it was 2014. I've been doing drag for about nine years now. Um, I can't do the math on that right now because it's been a long day, but I started drag because I was kind of, back then I was like really teetering with like gender and gender expression. Outside of drag, I would wear like a full face of makeup to work at Starbucks and serving looks at the counter with that green apron. And I kind of like found Drag Race and was like kind of very interested in what drag was then. And then I think I went to my first uh, drag show and that's when I was just like, oh no, I, I, I want to be a drag, a drag queen. Like I want to be able to exist as both male and female and everything in between. And I remember the first queen I saw was uh, Miss Twiggy D. Warhol, who is forever my drag auntie. <laughs> and I watched her pound down, I believe it was a, a Bud Light, and then she rode my roommate upside down. And I was just like, I want to be a part of whatever this is. You know what? Uh, one of the first queens that I saw here in Long Beach was Twiggy D. Warhol. She was hosting Drag Race viewing party at, I think it was the Brit. Hey. Yep. Oh my God, the impact Twiggy has had on us. <laughs> oh my God, she she is one of a kind. And oh my God, I love her. I love her so energy much. and I love her thirst traps specifically. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, uh, that was at uh, WTF Fridays at Shark Club, back when Shark Club was still around. And yeah, that's just kind of where I got my start. Uh, I, I remember I started in April of 2014 and I remember the first song I did was Selena Gomez, When You're Ready, Come and Get It. Um, that video is still up on YouTube. Please do not go look it up because it is embarrassing as all hell. Listen, no, because we have to see the growth. I may or may not add it to the show notes. I don't know. No, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. If you can find it, go for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's not my proudest moment, but... <laughs> You know, it, I look back on it. I'm just like, you know what? That kid had a dream. That kid had a dream and a shake and go wig and look at her now. My I allowed yeah, Of course, please. She didn't have just a shake and go wig. She had a fuck ass bob. That's what she <laughs> had. I'm not kidding you. It wasn't Kourtney Kardashian that invented the fuck ass bob, but it was Electra. I promise you. I cannot. It's, I mean, it's because you have to have like a shitty moment in drag, you know? Like if you start drag and you look fabulous, I'm like, no, that's not the right way. I'm sorry. No. No, I don't trust you. I'm like, no, you've been harboring secrets. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? else are you hiding from me no oh gosh i'm sure she was so fun you mentioned that drag race inspired you and everything in the gender spectrum uh, inspired you when you started so what inspires you now as the artist that it is with us today like i'm always like looking at fashion and like wanting to like recreate fashions and like put that forth i'm also like very interested in the the limits of like how far i can push myself and push my body and push my like mind so it's like that's why i get into things like aerial and fire breathing and who knows what next you know drag racing but 
in the in the car, not like on the TV show. Like you know, I'm very like interested to see just see like how far I can like push myself. I'm also just inspired by like when when I used to play video games like when I was younger. I still play video games, but like um, I used to play a bunch of fighting video games. I used to play like a bunch of Final Fantasy and stuff like that. And like I just wanted to be those kick-ass girls. Like like and I think I you know I'm getting closer to that every single every single day. So I think you are. I think you are a kick-ass girl, boss, babe, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all the all the terms. <laughs> all the adjectives, honey. No, that's so funny. I think a lot of like queer people get inspired by by video games, and I think that's that's really cool because it's like a safe way to for us to like you know just find that representation of like queer characters that are badass. You know, because we didn't see them a lot in like mainstream media. Absolutely. I also think it's like a way for us to connect to like femininity, but like not in a like like not in a societal like the way that society sees that as being a weakness. I think like video games kind of give you a way to connect to femininity in like a really powerful, strong way. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's my theory anyway. <laughs> no, yeah, it does. It does. It's it's powerful. And it's like, I mean, a lot of us queer kids are not very athletic or avoided like the sports in school because we're like, oh my gosh, all the straight boys are going to be there. We didn't want to deal with that. So we just had our safe space with the video games. That was for us. Oh gosh. I Well, one of my fondest memories with you is doing facade together. Yes. That was so much fun. That was so much fun. That was so much stress. So many tears. So much laughter. So much side eyes. I mean, for the people that don't know, Facade is a very long competition hosted at Hamburg and Mary's in Long Beach. I think they're on season seven now. I think that's the one that's currently going on. I think so, yeah. I think so. And I think we did season four. Hashtag Team Classy. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember one of the times, I mean, it's it's a very interesting competition because it's a point system, so they don't send people home. Right. And like, I think the one time that they were going to send two people home, it was like this random Sunday. Well, not random. I remember perfectly because it was like this celebrity impersonation challenge or whatever. And I was like, okay, I did pretty good. I was not going to be in the bottom and boom, I'm in the bottom. And I was like, okay, fine, work. Who did you get? I got Shania Twain. Oh my God. I remember that now. Whoa. No, the thing is that I grew up in Mexico and I was like, who is Shania Twain? I'm like, who is this woman? And then they were like, oh, it's the girl that sings Men I Feel Like a Woman. I'm like, ah. But that was the only song I knew from her. So I was like, okay, it was a stretch for me. So I landed in the bottom. I survived. But I remember when we were changing backstage, I was so like in between like pissed and upset and everything that I kind of like started crying and you were there and mm -hmm. you gave me like the most beautiful words of affirmation. You were like, baby, don't worry. It's a competition. You're still here. And just like made me feel like so at home and like calm. And I was like, oh, I will always like take that with me. I'm so happy I was able to do that for you. Like, yeah, I, I hate seeing people like sad, especially like in something like so temporary as a competition. Yes, feel your feels, but also like, you know, it's going to be okay. And look at you. You're you're so much more okay now. Thank you. But it's, I mean, it's right because I mean, we, it's, I think it's valid to get in our feelings, like you said, because it's drag and a lot of us put so much work into it. But also, again, it's a competition. If I would have looked back at like baby Natasha crying, I would have been like, snap out of it, bitch. Like, you're going to be fine. Oh, is that a share joke? Is that a share joke? Because I did share. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh my God. Have you ever done uh, any other like long competitions like that? I just did Hunting Games earlier this year and that was the most recent one um, and I got I'm gonna say I got third place because the person they brought back I eliminated and they brought her back but I'm gonna say I got third place because I eliminated her oh I guess I did Dragateria back in the day I don't know what the point of that competition was other to get a spot that I was I already had you know I went from being in a competition for that person and not getting paid to being a regular resident performer for them and not getting paid so oh my god the infamous uh, Velvet 
Lounge. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Oh my gosh, I didn't get to perform there a lot, but yeah, they had some interesting business practices. Yeah, they did. I mean, I, I remember you know getting pelted with money like a carnival game. That was always fun. No, <laughs> but it was such a good venue though, because it's like right there in downtown Santa Ana. They had their own like huge lighting set up and their own sound system and everything. So like in a way, it was everything you could ever want for like a you know a drag performance space. So like it is a shame that it went down. I went there as a patron once for brunch and it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, their brunches were so good. So fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I forgot who was hosting. I, I think it was Big D. Mm. It was just like such a blast, such a great cast. And yeah, like you said, it was everything you could want as a drag performer because there's a good space. There was always like a turnout. The dressing room was spacious, but kind of creepy. You give and take, you know. <laughs> the deep bowels of the, of the lounge. Girl, you had to like go under a tunnel, face a chimera, do a password, you know, like sacrifice your your firstborn it was so far yeah. but it was pretty big it, it, the funny thing about that too is like you know getting down there was never the bad thing but at two, again at 2 a.m when you when you're ready to go home and you got to go back all the way through that and then up the stairs that, there's a reason they had cots down there truly <laughs> okay any funny stories that happened at velvet whether at the dressing room with the audience um or shady if you want to be shady we don't have to say names i can tell with this one because i really don't care about this person and you know if it gets me in trouble oh well so the promoter that i was working for at velvet lounge for the show i mentioned earlier did some special entertainment on online and one of the things that they did at the end of the thing is they stuck a dollar to his forehead using uh you know baby batter um what you mean you mean man butter man butter yeah what you're naming boy juice there was a time that me and the two other performers that worked there we were really not at the promoter so for a curtain call we all went out together and we bowed and then we we stuck dollars to our foreheads and came back up with dollars on our foreheads as, as, a, as like a fuck you to that promoter. I have so many questions. Okay, so was this on like Instagram Live or or like what platform did that person use? This was like an old website like back in the day. I, I don't know if it's still up, but I know certain performers in the area have the video. That is wild. And it was real boy butter. Like his boy butter. It wasn't his boy butter. It was the person he was in the scene with boy butter. Honestly, I would I would pay money for that. <laughs> Just do that. Right? <laughs> that is so funny, though, that you guys were like, okay, here we go. Like, fuck off. <laughs> I think I performed at Velvet Lounge for like two, two and a half years. And like, so many things happened there. And like, so like so much anger. And like, but also like, so many good times. I met so many good people because of Velvet Lounge. And like, crazy times were great times. I remember one Sunday, again, I didn't perform there a lot. But one Sunday that I went there, Siren was hosting. And you know, when Siren is hosting, it's always a blast. So I remember she was, you know, she was feeling herself. She was doing her little little reindeer onesie. It was Christmas time. It was so much fun. I had a blast. I love Siren. I don't think there is. I don't think there's the better host in all of Orange County. I really don't. If there is, she's like top tier. No, literally. And if you don't know Siren Halston, please follow her on Instagram. Legend. I want to talk a little bit more about your heritage because I do love how you embrace your Asian heritage in all of your drag. So did that come natural to you? Or because, for example, for me at the beginning, I was like, hmm. I don't know if it was like the assimilation that I was going through, but I didn't always like thought about like embracing my Hispanic heritage on like drag. I don't know. I kind of like I had a like a very Hispanic sounding last name before I changed to just being Natasha. So I don't know. It, 
was for to me particularly was a journey. So I wanted to see like how that was for you. It was always something I wanted to be part of me. So I'm I'm half white, half Asian. So like <clears throat> I grew up mixed, and I grew up in a mixed household. I grew up with very whitewashed parents who didn't really want me to embrace my culture. So they didn't raise me with um throughout my like childhood. So as I got older, I like decided like no, I want this to be a part of my life going forward. So like I always like tried really hard to like make sure I was embracing it and learning about it and like trying to just make it as part of my life as much as possible. And one of the funny things about growing up mixed is like a lot of times you're too white for your culture, but you're not white enough for the for your white half, you know? So like it's a really it's a really difficult like thing to navigate. It's weird like being an adult now and like kind of like embracing it, but also realizing that comes with a huge responsibility of like you have to be a representation for your culture, but at the same time you have to like use your privilege to like fight for your culture. You know, so it's like it's a weird responsibility, but it's also a huge burden sometimes. I think for that reason too, it's it's like something I've always just wanted to carry with me. One of my drag names before I started like even started was Umiko Akimori, which means I think it's the beauty of the autumn woods or something. I realized people can't say that. So I was just like, okay, let me just pick a name and then we'll go from there. And then I always try to incorporate it with whatever garb I wear, like whatever costume. I try to incorporate it in costuming, try to incorporate it in dance and music choices. I listen to a lot of Asian artists, whether it be in Japanese or Tagalog or Korean. Like I listen to a lot of Asian music. I watch a lot of K-dramas. Like I try to like always be consuming media from my cultures as well as like also American culture. So it's like I'm always trying to like put little bits and pieces here and there of my Asian heritage because it's something that's been important to me since I started for myself but also because I know that the representation matters. There's a specific moment going back to like Velvet Lounge. I was doing a song from Kingdom Hearts and it was all in Japanese and I remember walking over to this little Asian twink watching me and I just like I still have the video somewhere. I went and grabbed his head and just pressed it against mine and like just held him there for a moment and as I walk away like you can just see him start to cry. That moment just like kind of always solidifies like why I do what I do and why like my culture is so important is because I I made him feel seen, you know, in that moment. I remember having a conversation with him about it and he did, him just being very emotional and very touched. So part of like what I do is being like representing my culture as much as I can. That is beautiful. That is such a beautiful story. I'm sure that he felt like so, you know, represented because again, there's not a whole lot of representation in the media, right? I feel like a lot of the times we have to like look for it for this representation. So like in drag, it's, I mean, I realize it's important to bring that representation. Absolutely. And it's so funny that you said you had to change your name because like nobody could pronounce it. The first drag name that I ever tried to use, it was Natasha Ferreira. And like, again, no, Nobody could say Ferreira. And I was like, let me drop Ferreira and just go with Natasha. And I'm like, mm, looking back at it, I think I, a part of me would have liked to stick with that. But I'm like, okay, everything happens for a reason. But you're right. It's important. And it's such beautiful moments when you see like the audience, like understanding the concept behind your numbers. And like some people won't but that is fine, right? That is not catered for them. And recently, one of the contestants of Drag Race Mexico, her name is, did you ever watch Drag Race Mexico? I have not. It's really good. I really recommend it. I mean, I'm obviously like hella fucking biased because I'm Mexican, but I really liked it and I speak the language and I understood all the references, <laughs> but like, I really recommend it because it's, I mean, the caliber was really good. And one of the contestants, her name is Matraca. She, again, did a fabulous job representing her culture, her roots, and the one 
one of her lives, she said like, oh, don't try to like adjust your drag for the venues that you're going to. Take your drag as it is to everywhere you go. And that's going to connect you with the people that you need to be connected with. And I think that's really beautiful. That's stuck to me ever since. And I'm like, Matraka, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I definitely resonate with that. Because like, I think a lot of the times it's so easy to fall in the trap of wanting to please everyone in the audience, please every person that you're working with, every like, but when you are true to who you are and you do what matters to you, like you are going to connect with those people that that need you and then everyone else will follow eventually but like yeah i really like that i love that a lot i know me too thank you for sharing that with me of course and share it with the world with the whole 25 people that will listen to this <laughs> yeah represent your culture you guys whatever it is wherever you go all right now let's talk a little bit about your acrobatics and about your artistic self that you incorporate into your drag how did that start because i don't think there's a lot of artists that be like hmm wake up one day and be like i want to do that or is that what happened i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no it's definitely not something that just like happened one day i've always been like again i've been very fascinated about like what the human body can do i i grew up not like in dance but like i was always around dance i, I was in martial arts as a kid like i was exposed to a lot of like capabilities of the human body and like i think i stumbled upon ariel when i was 10 or 11. You're pretty young no pun intended yeah, but I'm so <laughs> My parents had take, taken me to, I, I don't know if it was a Cirque du Soleil show, but it was like some sort of show. And they had aerial performers and I was just like, oh, that's so cool. The whole thing was just so overstimulating for a 10 or 11 year old. But like, I remember specifically seeing Matt a couple years later, Hank did it for her Grammy performance. And I remember just like being like, yes, I love this. I want, how do I, how do I get into this? And I would like talk to my parents about it, but they were also like, not, not, not supportive, but just like, oh, okay. Cause like younger me was just like, wanted to do everything, like all the things. So like, it's just, oh, okay, this is just another thing that Ty wants to do. They'll get over it. I was always looking at it and was just fascinated by it. I was fascinated by acrobatics. I think once I started getting into drag, kind of took over and I was like, yeah, this is what I'm focusing on. And then I remember seeing Violet Chashki do it. And I was like, oh, so wait, I can still do this thing I always wanted to do and I can do it in drag. Oh, wait a minute here. So I started trying to figure out where to do it and like where to do it for cheap because it's very, very expensive and a very dear friend of mine who works at Advanced Studio. They said, oh, well, we actually have a aerial class for adults starting did you want me to like hook you up with that and i was like yes please please get me into this like now right <laughs> so that's how i got into it and it's been a year and a half since i started now and it's been amazing i've gotten to perform aerial at for oc pride i think i've done four performances in total so far so yeah it's been an amazing ride i fucking love that and yes violet chachki is fucking amazing doing aerial in her one woman show oh my god y'all gotta watch her because it's incredible she may be a little bitchy but she's incredible honestly i'm like she can be a bitch if she does all that i i would be too <laughs> no that's amazing and i saw your video performing at pride i didn't get a chance to go that was so cool like how did you make that happen or how did that opportunity present itself i have a lot of people who i'm friends with on oc pride i worked with these people a long time they know my work ethic and everything i say that because i don't want people to think like oc pride is just booking their friends so i hosted the main stage last year for oc pride and then this year they decided to change the format a little bit they're like well we're gonna give all of you guys like a, a slot to host and you guys get to perform in like your like drag queen power hour and i just remember wanting to do something like incredibly special um, and i had been working on ariel for like the past like year and i was like do i want to try and make this happen and i just said yes this is what i want to do so i talked to my instructor about it i was like hey how do i make this happen i talked to my friend who works for the dance studio who is also on the oc pride board and i was like okay how do we make this happen and they told me everything that went into it it was going to be a lot of time a lot of money a lot of rehearsing a lot of like 
everything um and it almost didn't happen because i had to rent a portable rig for it and that rig was too big to fit on the stage at oc pride i was like well if it doesn't fit what am i gonna do what was happening was like the two weeks leading up to pride it was just every step it was just another hurdle another hurdle and it was just like i just can't do this anymore like i'm i've already like sunk so much money and time into this and like it's not gonna happen i'm like well i might as well just you know give up and then like at the very last minute as we were like pulling up to the festival my friend calls me and was just like hey we can't fit it on the stage but we can fit it right to the right of the stage and there's nothing there and it'll be safe there. Like no one will touch it, no one will bother it and it can live there for the entire day. So you don't have to worry about like setting it up and tearing it down in enough time. It'll fit, like you can do whatever you want there. Like, do you want to still do it? And I was, and I was like thinking about it and like I had to have a moment of like, well, I don't get to like perform on the main stage. And then I was like, that's so trivial and stupid. Like, I'm still there, you know, I'm still doing Ariel at OC Pride. That's gonna be like a huge moment for me. Like, I can't not do it. So yeah, that's how I got there. And like, I did it and it went better than I could have ever imagined it. Honestly, it seems like you went through a lot of obstacles to make it happen. Is there anything that you would have done differently? I think I just kind of would have been a little bit more demanding about the details of setup and logistics. So I knew what was gonna go into it leading up to it. Now I have all that information. So if I choose to do Ariel next year, it's like, okay, cool. Like I know how this is gonna work. I think that was just more so growing pains of like what to expect going forward. If I ever wanted to do Ariel at another place, you know, be prepared that, you know, you may not have the space for the Ariel rig, or, you know, you may have to sink a bunch of money or you might have to like make some last minute changes. I don't know if I would change anything. Cause like now it's like, now I know all these things now. So now it's like going forward. It's like, okay, cool. I need all this information so that I can do this for you. So like, give me the information. Give it to me now. <laughs> <laughs> give it to me, baby. I'm so glad that you didn't give up because that is a huge moment. Like performing Ariel at OC Pride. Like how many queens can say that they performed Ariel at their Pride? Yeah. I don't know how many. I don't either. <laughs> I'm guessing not many. So it's, it's such a huge moment. Stand off in the comments. Literally. If you know any queens that performed Ariel at your local Pride, please let me know in the Q&A and I'd appreciate it. I would follow them literally because there's not many queens from Ariel. And speaking of performing acrobatics and drag, any advice that you would give to anybody that's curious to start diving into this and incorporate it into their drag? What's like the first thing they should consider? I think the first thing to consider is just any fear that you have, it's all in your head. Fear is like the one thing holding you back. And like, you'll never know if you like something, you'll never know if it will work out for you if you don't, if you let fear hold you back. I, I'm such a huge proponent of like, just do stuff. Like you never know. Like you never know if it'll stick. You never know if you like it or not until you until you do it and I think one of the things about Ariel is like you know the fear of falling the fear fear of getting hurt and I actually said this to my coworker today that like pain is one of the few things in the universe that kind of tethers us to our humanity so getting to experience pain is like kind of one of the biggest like biggest privileges we get in our lifetime to like remind us that we're human and that we exist so it's like I feel like if you think about pain in that way going into like you know possibly scary things it's just like I don't know. It just kind of changes your mentality about it a little bit, you know? It does. You're going to make me tear up with these definitions. Remember, I'm emotionally unstable. <laughs> I know. I didn't know you were cancer. Oh, my God. What's your sign? I'm a Virgo. Baby, come over. Yes. <laughs> Wait, so your birthday is coming up or did it pass already? Uh, it passed. It passed on September 3rd. I just turned 30 and I will be turning 30 going forward every year. Yep. I'm done aging. I'm, I'm done with it. I've been turning 20 
25 for seven years in a row. So, hey, who am I to judge you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you look great. Thank you. It's the skincare. It's the boy butter. <laughs> it's the boy butter and the dollar bills, baby. We love a good comeback. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, switching gears a little bit, let's talk about one of your newest ventures, which is Brunch to the Future. Tell the people everything about it. How did it start? What is it? Give us a tea, mama. So, Brunch to the Future is a brunch I started earlier this year. It takes place at Mission Control in downtown Santa Ana, which is a, I guess the term for it is a barcade, which I didn't know that was a term, but it's a uh, bar that is also an arcade. And this one is like a 80s, 90s, like retro themed arcade. So it's really cool. Again, I got that through OC Pride. Um, one of my relationships through OC Pride was trying to like make a video game event happen for the past few years and like was connected to somebody at the bar and they wanted to do an event, but they also wanted to do like a regular show. And my friend was like, well, is this something you'd want to do? And I was like, absolutely. Especially because, you know, drag is so scarce in Orange County. I was like, yes, I want to like create queer spaces for people because like, I don't know, I, I don't have the energy to go all the way to, to Long Beach or all the way to LA or all the way to WeHo. Sometimes I just want to stay right here in my own my own neighborhood, you know? And representation matters. Like we were saying, like Orange County queer people now have a place. Oh, OK, if I want to see a drag brunch, I can go to Mission Control, right? And they don't have to drive all the way to LA or to West Hollywood. Absolutely. It's something I was able to just kind of start with all of my close friends. Friends. They became my core cast for the first couple shows. And then now we're kind of settled in. It doesn't look like we're going anywhere. I'm just like, oh, cool. Now I can start rotating in. Like I rotated you in last month. And like I have uh, Paradisa and a friend from San Diego coming in this month. It's cool because now I get to to be in the position of power. No, <laughs> um, I, I get to be in the position to give like all the people that were there for me and like people that I respect a space to perform. And like the thing that I always want to like make sure that I'm doing with this space I'm giving people a space to do what they want to do. Like, I'm not, I, I don't want to be like, well, you have to do top 40. You have to do this. It's like, I cannot stand it when I get a message from a promoter and they're like, we want you to do top 40 and that's it. I'm just like, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a top 40 queen. I have a distinct point of view and I think everybody has a dis dis distinct point of view and I think that's how you grow as an artist is getting able to have those opportunities to like do those things and like you know no shade to those working horses that can do nine to five and bring bring on the men and all those other you know gay brunch bangers. What did you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I want to give my my entertainers like a space to just do things they like. And, you know, if they fail, then cool. They learn a lesson on how to do it better next time, you know, or it's like, oh, this song didn't work. But you know what? Let me try this song. Or I have this crazy concept or costume that I want to wear and I can't wear it anywhere else. Um, you know, it's like, cool, wear it here. See how it goes. You know, it's like I, I want to give people that platform to do that. You know, I don't want to. I don't like telling people what to do. Right. I mean, I do like telling people what to do, but not when it comes to drag, you know, because drag is so personal. And to your point like we all have a different perspective so like let people bring their best art you know and if you want to book people that do top 40s then you go to the girls that do the top 40s every weekend yeah exactly there's tons of those girls you know and like good on them you know i respect them making their coin i can't do it i gotta do my weird my weird stuff i gotta do my japanese numbers i gotta do my my crying emotional ballads like i i, I gotta do that stuff otherwise i feel like i'm not being true to myself and we love your weird self girls so please Please keep them coming. <laughs> this is such a fun venture for you for like Brunch of the Future. It's such a fun place. You have to check it out. I was there last month and it was such a party. The audience is great.
great because to your point there's not a whole lot of weird spaces in Orange County so they show up and they show off like it's so fun backstage with uh, with you and with all the cast it's such a great experience check it out and it's what Sunday of the month? So we are currently aiming for the last Sunday of every month at this point uh, just because I, I want to get to a consistency we're still kind of like in our in like our, our baby year so we're still trying to iron out the kinks but I am aiming for the last Sunday of every month you know start off your new month with a bang <laughs> so please support it honey support orange county queer spaces speaking of things that are new to you and new ventures i want to learn what is next for missy young what are some of your short-term goals maybe for the next year and some of the long-term goals what would be your ultimate goal in drag for you i guess short-term goals i definitely want to like work with local businesses and like local designers because again fashion is like a very huge forefront of what i do so it's like i kind of want to like work with them and like whether it be on working and styling things for them or like being a model for them and like bridging like queerness and like um, local fashion in, in the area. So I kind of want to work on that a little bit more. I also like I will say that yes, I am one of those girls that is auditioning for Drag Race year after year. So like yes, that is a short term goal of mine. Because yeah, I definitely want to go on and like I don't ever want to do a local competition again. Let me make that very clear. So if anybody is like reaching out to me and be like, hey girl, come to our local competition. Absolutely not. Drag Race or what about facade all stars? No, no. <laughs> No, no, no. I pick bullet. Oh my God. You know what? I would do it. I would do facade all stars, even though, you know, it's it's too long and whatever, because I feel like baby Natasha back then had no clue. I feel like I would present myself so much differently this time around. But I, I get it, girl. Local competitions are exhausting and they're very expensive too. So expensive. Like I did hunting games like on a minimal um, budget and I still was just like, I was operating on the red at one point. I was just like, oh, this is bad. Drag Race is definitely a short term goal for mine because I think that's like the last competition I want to do. You know, unless they call me back for All-Stars, who knows? Um, <laughs> for all winners, for all winners. All winners. All <laughs> yes, uh, the power of manifestation. Uh, yeah, so that's definitely a short-term goal of mine. And then, like, eventually, like, long-term goals, like, there's a part of me, the, the little the little kid that used to, like, read mag uh, fashion magazines in his closet, wants to, like, you know, have a fashion spread in, like, in Vogue or in Harper's Bazaar or something and, like, get to walk a runway for, for any of my favorite designers. Like, that's definitely, like, on my long-term goal. I would also like to like do kind of what Miss Fame is doing like with makeup and like kind of, she kind of was teaching everybody how to do drag makeup for a short period of time there but I want to do that with like everything from kind of like, kind of like what you're doing but just like classes not just for drag queens but like for like anybody just like looking to like tap into that raw femininity and that power of femininity you know like how does a corset work how does makeup work how do how do wigs work how to how to pose for your body shape how to dress for your body shape I guess or not dress for your body shape like who cares you know like how to just like live your life so authentically and like unapologetically like through fashion and makeup now and then maybe i'll teach some fire fire boom classes too Who knows? that would be sickening though you can totally do that especially like the walking like you're such a fashion forward queen the, the queen of mugler <laughs> <laughs> but i can totally see you like in the cover of some magazine of vogue i can see you like in new york fashion week you got that chic factor honey thank you baby i appreciate that i know you'll do it and i believe in manifestation manifestation has helped me so freaking much so i know you do too and if you at home don't know what it is, look it up on TikTok. <laughs> the same things you want to do in your life over and over and over again. And that's manifestation in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. And they become true. Sometimes. Oh, gosh. But Electra, we are entering my favorite section of the pod, which is the drag tip of the week. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Miss Electra Young, if you could give away one piece of advice for new drag artists or for people that want to start doing drag, what would that be? I think it's going to be the same thing as like doing Ariel. It's just just 
do it. Like, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to fall. Don't be afraid to look busted. Like, don't let the fear of being not good, like, keep you from holding back because everyone starts somewhere. I guess if I had to, like, pivot off that one, I'm going to give you two. Learn something. Learn a craft. Learn, like, an ex learn, learn a skill. Like, whether that's dancing, whether that's singing, whether that's acting. Like, drag will be amazing on its own. But when once you kind of, like, start learning how to do more things, it opens up for you. The world becomes more vast. The opportunities become more vast. The more people you meet become more vast. Yeah, don't be afraid and learn something. Those are my two tips. <laughs> so, so good. First of all, the first one is amazing. Just fucking do it. Like, why do you have to lose nothing? Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. Oh my God, we're going to get our quaint, honey. <laughs> I follow this creator on TikTok that is documenting their journey as a drag queen. He's like, oh, this is day 60 of becoming a drag queen or this is a, you know, whatever. And each day they're doing something different. So they are learning their makeup or they're learning how to sew or they're learning about wigs and people resonate so much with them because first of all his content is so authentic their voice is so soothing but also because it's so vulnerable to like put yourself out there and be like i don't know shit this is what i'm doing i'm figuring out as i go in white corporate american language i'm building the plane as i fly it <laughs> And it's so true. I, I love them because they are just, you know, asking for advice in the comments. They're the sweetest person. They're so open to advice. I'm like, you are doing the damn fucking thing. Yes, absolutely. Like, I, it takes so much strength to just be like, hey, I'm no good at this. But like, you know what? Learn with me. Like, learn from my mistakes with me. Like, oh my God, that's, I think I know who you're talking about. I think I've seen one of their, one of their videos. And I was just like, I was even from the, because they reference back to like their first time doing makeup and then the time they were doing makeup then. I was just like, that's still really good from like, from, from this to this oh the progress is Im immense because i think they i mean they practice so much because obviously that that's gonna get you better i i forgot what their handle is but their name is cyber i think cyber.punk or something like that is their handle i'll put it up in the show notes go check it out please follow them they're truly amazing i'm like you better while the work absolutely oh amazing and yeah and when you add something else to drag it just makes it so much better like you said whether it's acting singing dancing stand-up whatever it is it just gonna make you stand up for the rest from all the other reformers you know there's so many of us right now it's so many there's a lot we don't need a lot of sugars and spices in the world <laughs> Oop. And oop. I'd be curious. I want to like reach out to the census, the U.S. census, and be like, can we do a count of like how many drag queens are in America? I'm so curious for that data. Oh my god! My nerd self wants to know, wants to deep dive and see pivot tables and charts, and be like, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> I want to geek out on the data. Oh my god! I I don't know if that. I think I that that scares me. This, I'm like that's. I already know there's too many. There's too many in California as it is. I can't imagine everywhere else in the world. In California and New York, I'm pretty sure that if we combine the population of drag queens in california new york and let's say chicago and texas it's probably like a small state like wyoming it's probably equals the population of like a small state like that i think you're right i'm i may be onto something and they all get together at DragCon every year i'm just oh my god electra you've been wonderful i've enjoyed our conversation what a way to celebrate our one year anniversary of a hundred steps to drag thank you so much for being my guest again thank you so much for having me i had so much fun i'm so honored again thank you of course where can the peeps find you on the social medias of it all 
all. So you can find me on Instagram and on TikTok at electra.young. Uh, I would probably follow the Instagram first because I'm more active on there. And then if you guys are curious about any of the events I have going on in Southern California, um, that you can find on Instagram at eyoungentertainment. And that's where you can find uh, the information about Brunch of the Future and any other projects I have coming up. Stay tuned because Electra is lovely and she's an amazing performer. So you definitely don't want to miss her. And if you want to support the podcast, please rate it five stars share it with your friends. You can also support the podcast for as little as one dollar. In the show notes, you click that link. Is Imagine you're at a, at a drag show. If you see me perform, you probably would give me a dollar, maybe more. So giving a dollar to the pod, honestly, is equivalent to that, Henny. So click on that link, support the pod. And thank you again for listening. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye, Bye. everyone. Thank you for listening to 100 Steps to Drag. If you like my podcast, don't be shy. Share it with your friends. Leave me a review. If you didn't like it, you're probably homophobic. This episode was edited by Chow Panda Productions. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.